Today on Keeping It Real, Tanya Dunnett is back on the show to further discuss her adoption process from an orphanage in Moldova and the process how she got adopted by Christ to become a part of God's family. I've known Tanya for over six years now, and I continually get all the more amazed at God's working in her life reflected in her consideration of others, how she encourages and seeks to love well, and most of all, her heart for worship. If you haven't heard any of her story yet, I encourage you to listen to the episode on this podcast entitled A Former Orphan Story. Her story is so impactful, so raw, so real. So stay tuned for this episode of KIR entitled Adopted by Christ, where we discuss how someone gets to be adopted into the loving family of Jesus and then what happens as a result. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. Only tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie G. All right, and thank you all so much again for tuning in to Keeping It Real here again today. And today I've got Tanya Dunnett, who's a very familiar voice to uh, this program, the overall ministry, and also to this podcast uh, welcome back again today, Tanya. Um, last time when you were on, we talked again about your adoption process and the story that goes all into that, which is so powerful. Today, we're going to, while we kind of stay on it, we're going to come a good deal off of it. I guess I kind of compare it to like a teenager. They they stay in the home, but they kind of start gaining their independence. So um, we're going to tra- transition into more the spiritual adoption process that took place uh, in your life. So if you would, as concise as you can, describe your adoption process where you were adopted into God's family. So yeah, um, when I was adopted by my parents, um, that was the first introduction that I had to anything biblical, um, Christian-based church Um, When I lived in the orphanage, we did not celebrate holidays, birthdays. I never heard about God or Jesus. It just wasn't something that was part of our our culture. Um, If we did celebrate holidays, I think they may have been more pagan. I don't know. I don't really remember at that point. Certainly didn't have a Jesus emphasis to it. Didn't have a Jesus emphasis for sure. Yes. Um, So when I was adopted by my parents, that was, I learned about Jesus right away. That was something that my parents introduced almost immediately. And so by the time I was seven was when I decided that I wanted um, to ask Jesus into my heart. And so my parents, one night when when we were saying our bedtime prayers, prayed beside me as I knelt by the bed. And it sounds so very... (laughs) stereotypical but yeah. you know they, they were each on on one side of me and, we, and I was kneeling by the bed and praying and that's when I asked um the Lord um into my heart and then I was baptized when I was 14 uh, a church picnic uh, at a church that I have not attended in many years but that was my first uh, public declaration of my faith um and actually I I would like to probably be baptized again, only because I, I look back at what's happened in 20 years from, from the time that I was baptized at 14 to now 34. Um, and there was a lot of things that changed and a lot of areas of my faith that were um, tested and shaken. And I wasn't always as faithful as I should have been. 
because you know life happens and I'm human and emotions can be irrational and illogical and um so I would like to at some point um recommit and be baptized again and um hopefully maybe get my husband to join me or future children to join in and do it that way. But um, yeah, so that's, that was really, I was seven and then I was 14 when I was baptized and that was kind of, you know, my adoption story in a nutshell. Okay. So what I do a lot of times is um, I kind of have a line of questioning, but then I kind of deviate a little bit from the line of questioning. So from what I know of you and we've known each other now for, I don't know, I think it's been five, six, seven years. And uh, we we are in communication quite a bit, a Mm -hmm. lot of it via text, but also by phone and FaceTime and what have you, you being up there in Canada and me being here in the state. Of (laughs) Of course, I know that I've been looking to coerce you to come down to the state. (laughs) You and everybody else. Yeah, right, right. (laughs) So um, what I want to ask you kind of getting off of the line of questioning here is, would, would, would it be fair to say that your life in the Lord, there's been a growth process. I mean, I think that's true of everyone, but specifically as it relates to you, would it be fair to say that through your peaks and valleys and, you know, seasons of lack of faithfulness, as you've described, and God still yet being faithful, and then you grow coming up out of that and growing from that would it be fair to say that there was a great growth process that's taken place over the course of the last 20 plus years? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I mean, it's, it's come, it's come via a lot of struggle and pain and uh, regrets that I've had over the last 20 years, but I am certainly glad to see that I am not at the same place that I was faithfully that I was when I was 14, um, to what I am now as a 34 year old woman. Um, so do I wish that the growth could have come with a little less <laughs> growing pains in the process? Absolutely. But I've, I've come to appreciate and, um, understand that the Lord uses, you know, all things, um, to bring him glory and for us to grow for, um, our benefit. And so, and instead of being like, you know, upset about it or like, Oh, you know, I feel like such a failure. It's just, it's, it's a part of, it's just a part of my journey and my story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so big growth for sure. And probably, yeah. you know, I certainly hope in the next 30 years in the next 20 years, I'm not the same place. Oh, sure. Uh, you know, in my forties or fifties that I am now. For sure. Yeah, sure. And that's true. And again, that's true of all of us. But I, uh, you know, or I, I shouldn't say of everyone, there are a lot of, you know, people that name the name of Christ that there's very little or no growth, sadly, as it as it is. But uh, for there are a number of people's testimonies, that's certainly a, a definite in, including factor in their testimony. So you're not alone in that. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of personally be transparent or have a moment of transparency to just kind of lay that out there. Yeah. Now, how did a quick reverse, mm-hmm. uh, hitting of the reverse button, uh, <laughs> to your adoption out of a Moldovan orphanage, uh, how did your physical adoption from there to the U.S., I mean, again, you lived in the U.S. for some time now in Canada, mm-hmm. I mean, people are yep. trying to have need a GPS to kind of keep up with where <laughs> where is she going where your she travels going? <laughs> right but uh how did that 
process contribute to you coming to know the Lord? And how do you do? You, how do you would you attribute God to orchestrating that? Oh wow! Um, yes, I know a loaded question. <laughs> a loaded <laughs> for those question. of you out there listening, Tanya, Tanya, <laughs> looked up to the heavens for some direction. <laughs> All right, Lord, help me, help me with this answer. <laughs> no, um, well, yeah. So my my physical adoption and the the things that I experienced prior to being adopted and, you know, different trauma and abuse and things like that, which is, you know, a theme that we have discussed on several of your shows, um, definitely impacted how I viewed God at first. Um, you know, being, being that he is described as, as he and a, and a father and, 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 in in, in a male position and me not having a great, relationship or understanding or a healthy understanding of a of a good father to daughter relationship prior to being adopted it definitely um made me more cautious and careful in my early years like oh don't mess up because you know you don't want him to be disappointed or you don't want him to leave you or you don't want him to be angry um because all I ever knew was disobedience or even not even disobedience even just doing something that would have ticked somebody off um usually resulted in a in a pretty visceral reaction that was negative uh towards myself and so um I think for a good portion, it was just don't step out of the lines. And so my faith was genuine in my heart that I like loved the Lord, but it was also very, um, very works-based and like must do everything right. Don't, don't screw up. And, mm. and then as I got older and realizing, you know, what exactly it was that it shaped the way that I felt towards men in general, and then obviously towards the Lord, it forced me to have to kind of do a pivot and go, okay, wait a minute, you know, God is not the same as the human father or the human uh, male relationship or, or friendship or whatever. Um, and it's not fair of me to like link him to that because he's, he's not human and he does not make the same mistakes that we do. Um, so it did, it did force me to kind of have to, and that, that really rocked my faith and it really rocked my view of who I was in the Lord and who God was to me. And it, it really kind of did a, a massive, like shaking and unearthing that took quite a few years to like kind of resettle. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's a good word. Uh, it's so I, I can't help but to think that that could be really encouraging for people that just listen to that, to let them know that there's hope. Yeah. Um, there's, there's hope for them if they were in a similar situation or maybe they weren't in a similar situation, maybe it's something different, but there, you know, we, we know the God of hope Yeah. and I was even just a very quick personal illustration for my own life. I was, uh, helped to make aware of that as well. I was texting my sister last night. She actually sent me a text message. Um, her and I are pretty spaced apart age-wise she's nearly 11 years older than i am and i was born very very late um my mom was 48 years old when i was born oh, wow so uh that's obviously considered very very late um especially nowadays might have not been old for sarah sarah would have been very young uh, <laughs> the sarah of genesis i mean she would have been so happy about that yeah she would have been thrilled <laughs> yeah. but um but at any rate uh you know, she was explaining to me, she ran into a family that had kids that were even more spaced apart than we were. But then, you know, through our conversation or through our text message exchanges, one thing led to another. 
and I um, made mention of to her that I thought I could have sworn I made mention to her before, but apparently I didn't. Um, and I made mention to her how my dad told me when I was about 20 years old that because I was so unexpected and unplanned and so late that they really considered aborting me. Oh, and wow. he mentioned this to me in the middle of a restaurant. Oh. And I was a brand new Christian at that time. And so my fleshly tendencies were still pretty much alive and full well, as they can be at any given time, yeah. even to this day. But uh, certainly back at that time, even all the more, again, to magnify the growth process that takes mm -hmm. place in a Christian's life. But uh, I was, you know, very, very angry. But then as I was able to mention my my sisters, she then, you know, was very empathetic and which I appreciated. But, uh, you know, and we made mention of how um, wicked our parents were. You know, they didn't know Christ and they were very wicked in their worldview and in their perspectives on all kinds of issues. And while my dad treated me that way, I can be thankful that my heavenly father uh, has not viewed me, never did view me that way. Mm -hmm. And again, to... Uh, highlight the adoption process. And again, this show is called Adopted by Christ. Uh, you certainly have been uh, adopted into God's family, as have I. Mm -hmm. And even though both of us have had dark things in our past, as have so many other people in various forms, mm -hmm. that our Heavenly Father has no darkness to him at all. He is He is the one who is love, as it says in 1 John 4, 8. And he uh, knows no sin. So we mm -hmm. can be very grateful for that. So now I want to ask you this. Was there ever a connection that you made with um, or that you made between your earthly adoption and your kingdom adoption? Do you, did you ever do you usually make a dis clear distinguishment between those two or do those two kind of run hand in hand for you? Can you kind of unpack that for us? Hmm. Without my earthly adoption, likely would not have come to know about Christ. And so that earthly adoption definitely was a catalyst or kind of like a leading into um, getting to hear about the Lord and hearing about Jesus and salvation and faith. And so um, I definitely think it was kind of a, a leading point in. Um, I don't think I've ever necessarily considered the two of them mesh together. Like my spiritual adoption for me is, I guess I say that and yet maybe not, but um, my spiritual adoption and my growth have been very separate from my like physical life in some ways, but yet the things that I endured in my physical life also impacted you know, once I was adopted into the family of Christ and once I came to become a Christian, how that impacted, you know, further growth um, as I grew as a Christian. So yes and no, I guess is kind of the the safe answer. Um, they, and it's they the kind really... of answer, to be honest with you, Tanya, <laughs> it was probably the kind of answer that I would thought you would give. Yeah. Um, it's not to say that there was like, you know, a one plus one equals two, like it only yeah. can be two and nothing There's, else. It's not like black and white. It right. is in some areas, very gray and mixed in kind of intertwines within one another. And then other times where they deviate very separately, but sure. yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't think one would have happened without the other. So I right. do, you know, that is, you know, 
Well, and the, part of the purpose of that question is to, again, um, give you an opportunity to reveal some of the background. Mm -hmm. The flavor of this podcast is, especially when there's a special guest on, uh, is to highlight how God transforms a life. Mm -hmm. and God uses any number of sets of circumstances to bring that about. Yeah. Uh, the circumstances that he used to bring you to faith in Christ is different than the circumstances he used to bring me to faith in Christ. Right. And for those that are listening, if they know Christ, chances are there are circumstances that are different altogether yet. But yeah. yet the theme is consistent in how God uses other people. He uses circumstances. And of course, he especially uses prayer and his word. Mm -hmm. get to use those principles of experiencing God by Henry Blackaby to bring people to come to faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. And I ask that from a point of giving you the opportunity as you did to yeah. use, uh, use that chance to exhort or exhortation for folks yeah. to help them to realize just how great our God is. Right. And then for people that don't know Christ to help them to say, wow, this hasn't happened in my life. Mm -hmm. There's been a whole slew of circumstances in my life, but I haven't come to faith in Christ. I mean, I, right. I don't know this Jesus, so I need to hear about this. So this is right. great that I've tuned into this. And I, you know, and to add just briefly onto that is I, I have a friend who I speak with a lot and she is um, newer to the faith, but not like brand new, but she definitely is at a, is at a point where, um, she's kind of wrestling with the, you know, that the Lord allows um, bad things to happen or struggles to happen in order to increase her faith or, you know, increase her trust in the Lord. And, and, um, and I can be <laughs> rather frank sometimes. And I know I have to like, you know, sometimes work on peppering things with grace, but I oftentimes remind her that if the Lord didn't test us, we would remain in kind of like a a state of equilibrium that isn't always necessarily healthy. You know, we remain and we become complacent and lethargic and kind of lukewarm. And mm -hmm. so um, I said, you know, instead of being angry at the Lord for, you know, allowing, you know, struggles to happen or loss of, you know, family or friends or struggles at work or whatever that might be and being like, I don't understand why he's, you know, doing this to me. Um, and it like her, you know, struggling with, you know, does God love me? Just, I try to explain to her, like, this is an opportunity for you to like lean in harder and seek him deeper and say like, I don't understand this in my own human power. So like, Lord, I just like, you're going to have to like, get me through this because I want to run the other direction. I want to, you know, fight or flight mode and I want to go yeah. and you're pulling me and holding me anchored. Um, and it really becomes like a, like a heart thing of just saying, okay, I have no idea what you're doing, but I'm going to believe and trust that you got something in this and just let it work out. Mm. So, and that's yeah. something I had to learn over the last 20 years, particularly when, you know, 14 was when kind of my world came tumbling down and around me and it took me a long time to figure it all out but it was a matter of like letting go of that control and letting go of the fight and the bitterness and the frustration of like god why and going okay now what lord and mm. kind of changing that perspective and it took a long time but it does work and it's 
helps yeah. a lot more to stop fighting. <laughs> sure. Absolutely. And I'm, I think uh, there are a number of people that can attest to that. Mm -hmm. um, how has your kingdom adopt adoption shaped your life? When you got adopted into God's family, how has it changed your actions, your emotions, your goals, your dreams, et cetera? Uh, a complete 180. Okay. Um, my, I mean, like you said, like sometimes your flesh can still come out even, you know, as a, as a Christian for many years and decades now. Um, but, uh, and I can be very, you know, those that, you know, you know me or whatever, if I, you know, if I get upset or I get frustrated, get a little spicy and sassy and it comes out and I have to, you know, <laughs> the lion and the lion's den with Daniel, yeah. shut the mouth, Lord. Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely has caused me to consider, is this glorifying the Lord? Am I showing Christ through my actions? Am I showing Christ through my words? Um, you know, am I going to plant a seed of love and hope in the things that I'm doing? So it's, it doesn't necessarily always stop, you know, sometimes from the flesh coming out, because that's still something that the Lord's working on. But it does, I'm better at pausing and reflecting before I respond, or before I react or before I allow my emotions to take over. Um, because I do want to continue to grow in the Lord. And I do want to continue to emulate him. And I know that unless I make a conscious effort, and a discipline myself, and you know, go into the word and continue to learn more about, you know, the heart of Christ and the life of Christ and what he expects from us as followers, nothing's ever going to change. So right. um, it's a conscientious choice. And like, as I grow to like, love the Lord more, the desire for the relationship isn't um, to like do everything perfectly right. Cause I know in my own power, it's never going to happen, but it's to seek to honor the Lord um, and, please him through the things that I do without it being like checking off like a checklist, if that makes sense. Yeah. A uh, guy that I used to know, uh, he was an inner city pastor would say this, as we grow in the Lord, we don't ever get to become sinless, but we ought to sin mm -hmm. less. So Absolutely. that's the distinction. Mm -hmm. uh, can you provide a testimonial or testimonials on how people have seen a continual transformation in your life. It's funny that you should ask that, actually. <laughs> uh, I just recently wrote a post on Instagram about that because um, Instagram kind of acts as a little bit like my my visual diary and my testimony and um, my uh, me being vulnerable and transparent a little bit on that page, which really only has happened in the last couple of years. But um, I wrote a post about I've had people on multiple occasions when I have shared um, things about my past and I've shared things about the trauma that I've endured and how I have made progress and healing from that. People always look at me, they're like, Tatiana, I, I had no idea. I would never have known that you went through all that because you always just exude such a joy and a brightness to you. You're always smiling. You're always laughing. Like, you like, you never, you know, you don't physically see the weight of the things that you've gone through because most people would be like, Oh, I'm so bitter and I'm angry. And, you know, I hate the world and I hate people. And, you know, not to say that I didn't experience those things internally for quite a few years. I did. Um, but I chose to be positive and 
happy on the outside because I was fighting for that. But um, in the post, I I also wrote that, you know, without sounding churchy, you know, the reason for that hope and the reason for that joy is Jesus, because it is not always a feeling, not always an emotion, but it's, it's what I hold on to from day to day, realizing that like, I have an eternity that's bright and I have an eternity that's filled with life and hope and no more pain and no more suffering. And so, uh, I can look and see, you know, yes, this life has had its own struggles and it, it will continue to have that. Um, and it might drive me down for a while and, and the devil would love for me to stay mired in that, but the Lord's like, you know, I've opened up that prison cell and I've removed those shackles and you are free to walk out anytime you want to so do it. Mm-hmm. And so I have walked out of that prison cell and I don't plan on going back. So yeah. that's, that's my hope and my joy that is far beyond, you know, the human finite emotion. It's, it's really not explainable unless you know, like right. when you know the Lord, you just know that hope that, you know, changes your perspective. Can you provide a testimonial of someone, anyone, you know, where they have emphasized valuing you being a child of God, valuing you for who you are in Christ? Uh, a lot of my, a lot of my Christian friends and people within my church, but, um, I have pick one, friend. some pick with someone or, or a couple <laughs> in particular yeah, have, that you, have, you can give out an instance that yeah, says, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah this was awesome. Yeah. I have a friend of mine um, who's who's not a believer, but she is someone that I went to school with from kindergarten and we lost touch in high school um, because she dropped out and I continued on with my life. And then um, through social media, you know, as much as I don't love it, it's great for connecting like long lost, you know, people. And we connected through another friend's Facebook and then she friend requested me and we started talking and um, the the thing that she has said to me almost consistently is that I love that you have always been who you are and that's never changed. And she's like, I have always known that you have loved the Lord. And, you know, despite the stuff that you've gone through, you have continued to like testify to that and you continue to be a bright light. And she said, um, you give me hope that like the Lord hasn't is is not going to give up on me because, you know, mm-hmm. she's dealt with drugs and she got pregnant, um, you know, out of, outside of a, a marriage. And, um, she's, you know, she's had quite an uphill battle. Mm. Um, and she just reminded me, she was like, you, you know, I see Jesus through you because you reach out to me and you pray for me and you encourage me and you call me out on my nonsense. And yet it's done in a loving way. And she's like, I always know I can come to you when I need like an encouragement. Um, or I need someone to tell me the truth. And so that means more to me than, you know, I love all of my church family, don't get me wrong, but it means so much more to me when someone outside of the faith can clearly see that. And, you know, sometimes it makes me uncomfortable because I'm just like, oh man, like she keeps, like it feels, you know, I don't take compliments well because it makes me uncomfortable, but she's so genuine in it. And it does make me feel like, all right, Lord, you know, I'm planting those seeds and whatever you do with that is, is the rest of that is yours. But like, you know, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak love and truth into this young woman's life. Who's so desperate to know the love of the Lord, because she's had toxic and unhealthy relationships her entire life. 
and she's struggling like I did in the beginning to like see God is not part of that same cycle. And I just keep reminding her God's not like that. I promise you. And I've been there. I've been where you are, but I can also promise you when you, when you get out of that mindset, what he can do is boundless. So just like, let him in. Well, praise God for that. And that he gives you that, uh, that he has given you that repeated Avenue. It sounds like it's happened multiple times. Oh yeah. We talk probably several times a month. Yeah. It's a repeated Avenue that you've been given to Mm -hmm. be a, 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 a mouthpiece of love and of encouragement and truth mm-hmm. uh, for her. Got okay, one more question for you, and then uh, we'll mm-hmm. be done today. Um, what would be an account of scripture that has you in awe and has impacted you greatly where a spiritual adoption process has t- took place? Um, I think my the one that I resonate with the most and one that we all we all probably know very well is when Saul became Paul. Mm. And this is a man who felt that he was doing what was right by his by his religious convictions. You know, he truly felt that the Christians were a threat to the Jewish faith and he felt like he was doing what was right. He felt like he was honoring the Lord. And yet Jesus met him on the road you know, on a journey and changed his life. And the change was so radical. And it was like, you know, um, I can't say that my change was that radical. And it, you know, it's kind of all inspiring that the Lord can do that. Um, and I've heard stories where it's like, you know, what zero to 180 in an instance. But I think Paul really, and I love, I just love his honesty in the way that he writes. Um, and he says, like, I am the chief of sinners. Even when he became a Christian, he wasn't like, oh, I'm now better than everybody else. And I don't ever make mistakes. He was very honest in that he struggled with things. You know, he had a thorn in his side that the Lord refused to remove. Um, you know, he dealt with regret from his past and feeling like, you know, I, I hurt the people that I'm now like brothers and sisters with. Um, and so I just love that, um, you know, he was raw and transparent through his, through his transformation. And even, you know, a man of great faith still struggled. And so it kind of gives me hope to go like, you know, if Paul could do it and Paul still, you know, struggled with things and the Lord still used him and he still had an impact, then like, you know, my life can still do that too. And I, I picked a scripture, actually, another friend of mine shared this with me and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, first Peter three fifteen says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Mm. And that really from 14 to 34, I think could say is the theme of my growth and my transformation and realizing like, yes, I've gone through some really ugly things and I have questioned the Lord as to like, why did you have to use that? Like, why could it have been any other way? You know, did I have to go through the abuse? Did I have to go through sexual assault? Did I have to go through abandonment and uh, dealing with, you know, all the complications come with being adopted and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, the Lord just kept pressing on my heart. I have a story to tell through you and I need you to let me do it. And so, you know, first Peter three fifteen basically says, Like, this is my way of showing why I continue to have hope. And that's Jesus. And I can be in the darkest pit of hell with whatever I'm struggling with and still know that, you know, I'm not alone. And the Lord is in that pit with me. 
because hope, hope is always fully alive. Yes. And um, that is clearly been evidenced through your testimony over and over again on this uh, outlet known as Keeping It Real. You've emphasized that numerous times when we have talked or when we've gotten together. It shines through you and just a great testimony of the glory of Christ and how it shines so, how he shines so brightly. Thanks again, Tanya, for coming on. Um, we look forward to having you again on pretty soon. We'll let mm -hmm. you know when um, you're due up in the batting order again. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you, those of you out there listening, if you enjoyed this edition of the podcast, uh, this edition entitled Adopted by Christ, certainly encourage you to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And if you have, share it with your friends, share it with your peeps and have them subscribe and have them regularly tune in to this outlet known as Keeping It Real. Yeah.